Well, welcome back to the basement, everyone. You are now tuned in for yet another exciting adventure with us on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, uh, got a great podcast for you this week. A little bit of a, of a double header, uh, if you will. Uh, but but the, the, the main gist of this week's podcast, we're sitting down with an artist we love, uh, the lovely and amazing uh, Miss Laura Gibson. Uh, you may recognize her as the artist who was the very first Tiny Desk concert. She's a fan of NPR. Uh, or Well, she is a fan of NPR, but NPR has been huge supporters of hers. She played the Sweet 16 show. Earlier this year, she came out with a, an amazing new album, Empire Builder. In my humble opinion, it's one of the best albums this year so far. Uh, and so she did a short little tour to support that and stopped here at IOTA in D.C. So we said, hey, would you like to come over? Uh, she said yes. I mean, this is how these things work. Uh, also, we said, hey, would you, how about we make you brunch? Uh, so Sunday after the show, her and her band stopped by, and uh, we made them all brunch, some coffee, some tea and whatnot, and, and just had a nice uh, relaxing time. And then me and Laura had, had an awesome chat, which you're about to hear. Um, this was a ways back, and, and we sort of held it in the can because uh, that tour was coming to a close, or she was going across the pond. Uh, she's actually back out on tour now, starting from the West Coast. I think it's working West Coast to East Coast. I don't know if she's coming by D.C. this time, but more the uh, northern states. We're going to have all the tour dates up there. Uh, if you haven't seen her, I, I highly recommend you go out and, uh, and catch a show. Uh, and if you haven't heard the album, please get out. Get Empire Builder in your life. You, you can listen to us review it if you're not sure. We'll put the link to that in there. Uh, but uh, just take my word for it. Excellent damn album. Um and uh, now that, uh, you know, there was also a thing where uh, Laura was was going to school, uh, get her master's, which you're going to hear us talk about. Uh, that has been submitted. So uh, Miss Gibson is all edumacated uh, now. And, uh, you know, with that phase of her life over, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. And uh, that's a lot of what we talk about here is what, what's going to happen next. Um, you know, it's all a, uh, I think a creative process for her and, uh, we are, we, we reap the benefits. So there you go. Uh, also I, I would implore you to stick around to the back end of this podcast. You know, we usually play a track at the end of this, but, uh, but it's been a while since we talked to the artist. We we're going to play a track. So I invited Johnny Grave over, talk a little bit about his new album that's going to be out. Uh, I think on Tuesday, his album release show is the Mark's Cafe here in D.C., uh, on, on this Tuesday um, We'll have the link in the show notes As usual uh, So uh, besides playing the, his new track Wade Off his upcoming album uh, We're going to uh, have a little chat with him How about that? Sound like a good podcast? Sound like a good way to spend an hour to you? Uh, it certainly was for I think all of us So uh, without further ado uh, Let's get to it Here you go This is episode number 189 Of Chunky Glasses the podcast Where we're talking to the amazing Laura Gibson it battles here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a wonderful sandwich. Pick that up, uh, Laura Gibson. 
Thank you for coming in the basement. Yeah, thank you for having uh, me. Thank you for the fantastic show last night and uh, and the fantastic new album. Thank I know uh, we have talked about you a couple times on the oh. site and on the podcast. In fact, I covered the show when you were at IOTA last time. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. yeah, and it was, and that was a little different affair. There was yeah. like the entire NPR crew had like <laughs> rented out the the front of the room or something. Oh um, man, yeah, that was the fun. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about Empire Builder a little bit, uh, and some stuff that's been going on, I guess, in your life that sort of came brought you to this album here. Uh, when you're enrolled in an MFA program mm-hmm. and Hunter College at Hunter College, yeah. When uh, do you remember wanting to be a writer or a musician first? I mean, was there one or the other? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't really. Well, I never grew up playing music, <laughs> and so I. I came to music really late. Okay. Um, I was like 20 when I started playing guitar in college and singing. And I think could, you know, somewhere thought maybe I could sing, but just didn't really see it as an option. I was like um, a sports kid yeah. and a science kid and just, I didn't. What sports? Um, basketball. And, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, You're pretty and tall. And track. I did yeah. high jump for the oh, nice. track team in high school and college. Yeah. Um, and so I... I think I really wanted to play music and sing, but for some reason I was like, well, that's what other people do. Yeah. Like Sally, she's the singer. You know, right, I just right, like, right. didn't see it as, as this option as part of my identity. And so when I started playing guitar and felt like I was picking it up pretty mm-hmm. pretty easily and um, and started writing songs, it, it was a means of, of expressing myself and, um, you know, my 20-year-old angst and yeah. identity finding you yeah. know searching and and um right writing the like the uh say anything joe lies when he cries yeah <laughs> totally um but i and so that really was how i kind of found myself as a writer like through writing songs uh-huh. i think um and as i got better at writing songs and and putting words together and um i started to dream of writing outside of music, which hadn't occurred to me until really a few years ago. And, um, and so, so it was really, I'm so thankful for songwriting was kind of my way into being a writer. And, um, and I thought, you know, similarly felt like, Oh, I think I could do this well if I spent some time learning how to do it. And, um, I did an artist residency at this place called Caldera right after the last record, the Le Grand record. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really burned out on touring and kind of unsure of what I wanted to do and also kind of um, felt really tired of song as, like, the right, format right, to work right. in. I just felt like, I don't know if what I can offer to this form anymore. And, um, and so I spent this month in a cabin, and my idea was to split up... Um, split up words and music yeah. and work on them just as these separate individual separate things. Modes, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I started, I brought a viola and started learning, um, working on playing viola yeah. and probably, why, why the viola? I'm, um, I'm a violin player. I was talking oh, with really? I, I forget, oh, uh, cool. her name, but I was talking uh, with your violin to Lauren. Player, yeah. Lauren about it uh, a little bit last night. And, oh, cool. Uh, I should have joined so, us on uh, stage. Uh, no. Well, I haven't played since, uh, whoo, 93, 
three too much and the yeah. uh, violence upstairs, but it's sort of in a state of disrepair. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, a f- couple reasons I thought viola would be good. One, it's a little bit mellower on the ears yeah, when totally. you're making those first. It's a deeper um, tone. In case people don't know, yeah. In case people don't know what a viola is, it's basically uh, a quarter way between a violin and a cello. Mm-hmm. That's about right. Um, and then the other. My other reasoning was um, it's a little bit lower to so to sing over it. It felt like the range. If yeah. I ever, um, who knows if I <laughs> if I put in the time to um, to get there, if I could I could sing and play the play like mm-hmm. pluck some chords on the viola. And then my third reasoning um, is that I thought if I ever have a band with a violin player, I could play. Um, kind of easier low droney notes and the right. violin player could play the fancy <laughs> stuff right. and so, you still look badass you'd be like yeah check it out i'm multi-instrumentalist <laughs> it looks good on the yeah, stage yeah. to hold it um but so i so i thought viola would make sense starting out and um and so i a cabin in the middle of the mountains is a really good place yeah. to learn an instrument like that because you're not bothering anyone um and and I worked on learning some like classical piano pieces. Yeah, at a really beautiful grand piano in, um, in kind of the center of the camp where the residency was, and um, and so I did that, and um, and then I started writing, trying to write short stories, mm-hmm. um, which were also terrible. You know, I spent this month doing things that I'm not right. yet good at, which I I really I. Is a really good thing to do, I think. I mean, it is. Although know, some would argue that you, you are. I mean, I, I, I almost imagine like you applying to this program, just walking in and dropping your three albums and say, what, bitches? No. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I mean, it, like, they, um, there's not a space for it, really, you know, and, and they didn't yeah. listen to my music beforehand. Um, and so I really had to prove myself in, in writing. And, um, and really the story I turned in. So I thought, well, I, I'll get... I'll get better a lot faster if I yeah. go through this program. And and also I think just having structure to learn how to write would make me feel I think just managing my time and focus with music it would make me feel less like a lazy musician and yeah. more <laughs> more like a focused yeah. focused artist I'm doing I guess. With yeah, the and it yeah. just would kind of um give some validity to my time yeah. um and if I had kind of the structure of school and and so I applied to um, a few programs and got into most of them and um, but the one that I really wanted to um, go to is this program at Hunter College because mm-hmm. um, it's very small and the faculty is um, outstanding and yeah. and so I um, and that was the one I was like well it'd be crazy to move to New York and <laughs> yeah. um, and I'd gotten into Portland State's program too and and but I was like if I get in here, I just should go. They let six people in a year out of hundreds, oh, wow. and um, and so I got in and it was just all right. I'm gonna do this crazy thing and move away from a place that I like really made. You know, I've made a, a place for myself in Portland, and yeah. um, and so um, and I've got friends there, and I'm I'm liked there. You know, all yeah, these yeah, things yeah, that yeah. like you well, kind it's, of it's, work. It, it's your community. It's your yeah, home base. and and um, and. So, uh, you know, I it was really hard, and two years does you know ha- coming to the end of the program soon. Two years does go really fast, and I could tell myself that, but it still felt like a really 
tough choice to make. And, yeah. and a lot of their empire building is about those choices, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, stepping away and potentially, you know, I I um, took the train when I was first going out to kind of do the initial, get the apartment and everything. Right, right. I I took the Empire Builder train out and um, and somehow, you know, you can make a decision. I was saying this at the show last night. You can make a decision to leave. And you get on the plane and there's this kind of liminal space yeah. where you're yeah. in your decision. <laughs> and, and on an airplane, like, it's... I'm doing it's, it. No turning back now. Yeah, and on an airplane, that liminal space is six hours yeah. from West Coast to East Coast. And on the train, it's like three and a half days. <laughs> and so I was just yeah. kind of going over and I wrote the song Empire Builder on that train. And, um, and that really, you know, I had kind of been in this idea that that, well, I'm going to do writing now, and, like, I don't even know, and touring is hard. You know, there's a lot of parts of music that yeah. it, that are, I don't necessarily see. And, you know, 50% of the time playing music, I feel like I'm doing exactly what mm-hmm. I should be doing. And then the other 50% of the time, I'm just like, what? Like, I'm not a late night person. Like, there's just all these all these things that, <laughs> can, like... Can we move the show up to 5 p.m., yeah, please? We, yeah, our <laughs> breakfast show. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of parts, you know, and, and just I do like performing, but I also have a hard time performing. You know, there's a lot of things about music that that aren't easy for me yeah. um, and I don't feel completely suited to it. Sure, but then sure. there's other parts that I feel absolutely yeah, suited to. And, and so I um, but writing that song Empire Builder, which part of the reason I wanted to name the record that is um that song really kind of felt like this charge that enabled me to make yeah. the whole record because I making that decision was so hard and, and leaving, you know, leaving behind a person that I really loved and yeah. making it this long distance relationship. And, um, and I thought, you know, and leaving, I didn't know if I was leaving music career behind if right. two, you know, I've already right. taken a few years and, and it's a long time, um, within, it's a long time between records and in a business that really yeah. values content. No, no, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And I just am not. That's one of the you know. I'm just a slow mover on <laughs> on making things, and and so I, um, so I really thought wasn't sure until I wrote that song. I felt, and it kind of, I think, helped me rediscover songwriting in that way. That um, you know, I'd been trying. I'd made this decision and it was really hard and I didn't feel like I could quite explain Mm. myself until I wrote that song. And I felt, felt in that moment, um, as I've felt in writing songs in my life that I was able to say something within a song that I had been trying and failing to say in every other way I'd tried to say it. Well, it's, it's interesting because one thing, um, I find fascinating about a lot of your writing is that you have a particular skill at crafting this lyric that it that can be uh, generalized or it can be very specific. Even if you're lying, even if you're just telling yeah. a story, you know uh, that one uh, particularly. It's like hurry up and uh, lose me. Say so hurry up and find me again. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's gut wrenching, and it doesn't matter if it's you saying that to the person yeah. you left behind. It doesn't, and uh, that for me actually it was what sucked me into the whole album like if you weren't into the album by then you get to that song it's like oh man uh, i'm feeling stuff now yeah oh good i'm glad 
<laughs> it's one. It's funny when I first so I, I wrote that song and then I was back in Portland playing this thing and called this um, a group of friends and I did this thing called the New Shit Show, and it was <laughs> um, like writers and musician and comedian and actor and all these kind of everybody had different skills mm-hmm. and we made a challenge to present something new every month. And so I played that song and I projected the, um, I took this landscape footage on the train about every half an hour. I'd like take a little five second clip, which is what ended up being the music video for the song. Right. And um, so I projected that footage behind me and played the song. And I almost felt like, um, I almost felt embarrassed. Like it was so, it felt so personal and sure. so straight sure. and direct that it um and what was the person who was about there essentially no no <laughs> um my mom was there okay. <laughs> which feels like and i don't you know that feel and friends that know me yeah. were there i think um and i think that is you know i've it more than any other record i think playing these songs in front of people that know me feel right. that feels the most challenging because yeah. Um, because they know I've just gone through this, you know, so much in the last couple of years and, and I can't make eye contact with them <laughs> when, I, when I play. Um, you tried with the woman who cut your hair though. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> you, you try. Cause there's a line, I cut my hair. And so she had just right before the show given me a haircut. <laughs> so I wanted to like give her a little nod. Um, so I'm not sure where I was <laughs> going with that but um yeah it's it's hard to um it's it's easier now to play these songs but it it did feel hard at first in a way and in a way that's also hard but also kind of um electric in a a way that um and I think more and more as I've gotten older and and grown as an artist I've I think wanted to move towards the electric what yeah, feels yeah. electric yeah. and and in writing as well and um and um i feel like i'm finding myself wanting to write yeah. towards kind of hard whether personally hard or intellectually hard or yeah. you know things that um that i may that i'm not sure in the moment i'm actually capable <laughs> of yeah, well, I mean, of that, expressing that, you know that, that there's that creates the best art period yeah you know, that, that's just if you're not pushing yourself and it doesn't matter how you push yourself just in some way mm-hmm. then you're not it's just not going to be good yeah like it's not even it's the necessary ingredient it's like if you don't do that then almost don't bother mm-hmm. um uh you know unless you're like some mega pop star yeah. Which, you know, then, and then it's just like, whatever. Yeah, just get, yeah. Um, <laughs> is it, I mean, is it becoming easier? Like, have you dissociated from the songs at all? Or is it each time you play, you're like reliving the moments? <laughs> yeah, just... um, I mean, I think I'll, I think there'll still be moments where I feel yeah. um, pretty in it. And I do feel in it as I'm singing it. But there's now, you know, playing them live with the band, yeah. especially the addition of, now having a band when I played them solo I kind of would still feel sure. a little potential to choke up and now you know at these first parts first bit of sh- tour where I'm just like oh are we like we're still working out our yeah. live set <laughs> and so I'm like oh did that piano come in earlier all these all these little other things in my mind <laughs> um which will fade 
within a yeah. week of playing shows. I'm sure we're still. Well, we're you play still... you play them over and over and over. And yeah, over and you get to. But it, yeah, and it I mean, is... are, are the older songs? Do they? Do you have that relationship to those? Some of them, yeah, yeah. and then sometimes it comes back around. Um, you know, I'll rediscover a song I wrote and somehow find meaning in it again after I had really discarded it as not <laughs> not worth playing and I'll I'll kind of rediscover it um have you, have you ever like listened to a song and forgot you you wrote it and then be like that was awesome and you're like oh shit I'm not just uh, <laughs> I don't know I forgot I wrote it no I try to avoid listening to my own music oh, as really? much okay. as I can um I did have a friend cover one of my songs and I oh wow that, that I he was playing at a, I was at the show where he covered it and I, um, did not, it took me a really long time to realize it was my song, partially because the sound in the room was a little rough right, right. and he had changed it up quite a bit, but I was, I was like, this is a nice song. Oh wait, it's, it's my song. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, as far as your writing goes, uh, do, are you finding that you want to write about different things as a fiction writer as opposed to a songwriter um i mean it's it's such a different form so there's gonna you know there's more there's a lot more room so there's there is a lot of difference but then i think the things that still um matter to me kind of the human questions yeah because a lot of people have a core yeah and they're trying to express something and that's what that's you get it out through that and whether however you do it you're going to uh, you know, whether you write songs, whether you write fiction, whether you, you know, paint, yeah. you know, it all is something that maybe is often like unspoken that you're trying to get across and you, you don't quite hit it. Yeah, I think, I think that's so true. And, um, there's a lot of things, you know, I, I tend to be earnest and not mm. like, I just am not capable of, <laughs> of other kinds. <laughs> I mean, there's great, I wish I could kind of. Um, like you're not going to write a sci-fi story. Maybe, maybe I don't know, well, but I but I also I mean I do I just I think so much of what I write about in songs that that does really come up in fiction is human connection and yeah. Um and I think even even the what I've written this last year I've written kind of two been working on two projects that are maybe going to be longer projects um that'll make up my thesis but it's two two stories of women that are traveling around. One's on the Oregon Trail, and the other one is a jazz singer um, in the '30s and '40s, and um, and they're both kind of dealing with questions that I very much dealt with on the record in my last both yeah. this Empire Builder and Legrand of just being um, being an ambitious woman and yeah. and trying to find your place in the world and um and also and and kind of the question of of wanting how do you make great work and and really make meaning mm. um but also be connected and nurturing to another person and and be in relationship yeah. and um and I think for anyone and for anyone that's passionate about what they do, that will always yeah. come up. And um, and I think so. That's it's been really nice to kind of explore that through other characters and yeah. in a really different way than exploring that in in music. And um, 
what is it, you know, just the idea of what does it mean to kind of make meaning for yourself? What does it mean right. to fail the people you love and, yeah. um, and connect with people? And, and so there's a lot of themes that I think are just going to run through my work, whatever yeah. my yeah, work yeah, is. Absolutely. You know, if I write a play, a musical play down the road, it will be about these same things because they're the questions. Write Hamilton Part um, 2. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton Part Two, about yeah finding connection and but um yeah, so I think those themes are just what I'm interested in in our humanness and kind of those um those big questions of mm-hmm. being and um and meaning and and it's nice to kind of find different ways about them and having fictions really great yeah because it's this whole new world of um of exploring things that i yeah. like to explore and, and i also i really love history too and um I th- now that i'm back in school i'm like oh maybe i'll go get a phd in u.s history after this and <laughs> but i um so it's fun to actually um work in histo- history into things and yeah. um landscape and natural geography and um to so that part of writing where you can really kind of the world opens up where it wouldn't it'd be really tough to (laughs) to fit some of those things into songs as much as i i feel like i'm always pulling from neat historical facts or neat nature facts and um and it's it's often in a very um offhand way where no one you know i have to actually mm-hmm. like explain <laughs> where lyric comes oh it's like there's it's a, a lot like what andrew bird does i don't know if he does it so much anymore but he was doing a lot of like he made up some words so that really isn't fair but <laughs> you know he was pulling a lot of obscure terms into his stuff and yeah. a lot of his medical and psychological terms to describe stuff oh yeah i don't yeah i don't use obscure terms that much but i also i mean just for example um i mean in how it's a, my lyrics are always such a collage of so many things, but I on the song Louis, there's a line, and no one's ever gonna hear it right because <laughs> it <laughs> it sounds like won't the stairs, it's won't the won't the the line is won't the stairs paint the walls once the lever's taken flight, like once the lever has taken flight, mm-hmm. and it sounds like won't the stairs. But it's actually stayers, and <laughs> which there are these birds, these gray jays, um, that you see when you, especially in, um, they're out in the winter in the mountains in Oregon, and um, especially around Mount Hood, you can see them, and they'll they want to come eat your snacks out of your hands, and nice. um, but they have this really interesting roosting um, pattern where they half the birds, half the group stays. And they're the stayers, and the other half leaves. Oh, that's and they're crazy. the leavers. Um, and I had <laughs> we had gone. I'd gone hiking and um, gotten really um, into these birds, and yeah. was reading up on them. And so I ended up. It ended up trickling down into a line that no one will ever. Right. And that's what I meant by understand. obscure. Not using obscure terms. But oh just yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, that the, the uh, an obscure concept. Like nobody. Yeah. Like. If I heard that, if you hadn't told me that, I would never. Yeah, I, it no wouldn't matter one how ever. I heard the lyric. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, in so much of songwriting, it's like that there's yeah. often like each line that I'm like, oh, that was this conversation I had with this friend, drive, you know, or that was yeah. this weird 
fact I learned about this guy and this town. And so it is, you know, it's, it's nice to have, you know, fiction. There's some room to, yeah. um, to show your hand a little bit or songwriting. It's, there's just a lot of explaining that, doesn't yeah. necessarily have to happen it has to work with yeah it's so weird it, like how because every i mean experiencing a song is an art in general is subjective mm-hmm. and sometimes you just don't want to know the lyrics like i i have enjoyed empire builder mainly because i'm digging into it and that's a process for me and I, mm-hmm. i'm like and i'm loving it so far i don't do that with every record though some mm-hmm. records i just want to like what the what did you say yeah and just like lay it out out for me uh kendrick lamar's records like that's yeah. it's so important like to see exactly what he's saying yeah and you know you can look on the site like uh it used to be rap genius but it's genius and it's like annotating and stuff it's such a fascinating like new tool yeah that people have um yeah i don't know where i was going with that i just no, I, it is, like, I mean i think there is there especially with hip hop and rap there's uh-huh. there's a lot there's so the lyrics are so much important and um and it seems like in general I like to I mean I you know words are what got me into writing songs yeah. in the first place and and so I do I like that feels like there's um there's some attention paid to lyrics yeah um cuz it's just it's always going to trump everything for me <laughs> what the words what right. the words are um, as much as I love all the other parts right. of and, and I'm generally record. a music person. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. And I come around, it, it takes an album like yours, I think, to get, like, it has to be, like, just spectacular writing. And then I'll be like, yeah, okay. This is, <laughs> I, I'm going to pay attention now. Oh, well, thank you uh, for that. And uh, now, a couple of years ago, it was it two years ago, you uh, lost your home in a fire. It was one year ago. One year. It was just, oh, man. Yeah, just over. I mean, we just had the anniversary a week, last week, um, last wow. Saturday. So. And you sort of, lo- and correct me if I'm wrong, you pretty much lost everything. Didn't yeah. You? I, um, well, I mean, I had some things in my mom's basement that I left, and I had loaned yeah. out some things or given away. Um, I'd give, I gave away so much when I moved to New York. And, and so I, in some way, moving to New York, I was starting over, and yeah. then all the stuff that I had brought there, the small amount that I did kind of keep and, and bring with me um, was, and the things that I had acquired, you know, the little home I had made for myself there, um, all of it was gone. I mean, I was, literally I had, I put my shoes on and my coat on and ran out without a wall. So I had no ID or anything. Yeah. I lost everything. Um, which it, so it was a huge gas explosion in, um, the East village where my place was and, um, two people were killed. And I mean, as soon as I saw the scope of it and as soon as I had gotten out of the building and kind of gotten away and saw the scope of what had happened, it, I, after that moment, I like never felt sad about losing anything. Like it just, the, the scope, the, it was so clear what could have happened right. and that right. I, there's no moment I, that I can think of that I had sorrow for what I lost. You know, there's, yeah, head, yeah, no, there's no, certainly, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. certainly headaches um, to be had, you know, getting well, and, and that, that reconstructing sort of- ID and all those things. But I, it felt, um, but there, yeah, it just, I think about the, the two men that died yeah. so often, like much, you know, and I didn't know them, but I, think about them much more often than the things that i had yeah 
How, how did that feed into the, because were you working on Empire Builder at the time? I was, yeah. So I had maybe half the songs pretty solidly mm. written. Um, and I had recorded a few of the vocals and some scratch vocals yeah. um, for those songs. And then I the other half were maybe like, two-thirds written um and i lost all the notebooks like my working notebooks for that and i was also working on a musical um i'd been commissioned to compose for this musical in portland so i lost all that um that stuff do you notate music as well do you write Um, as far as notation or i i can very slowly luckily (laughs) i could send my (laughs) things to someone else who could do it very quickly um so and but a lot of like dem garage band demos yeah, and things yeah. I was working on for that. Um so I lost yeah, all kind of I had these pages and pages of writing and each song had several pages devoted to it, trying to narrow down the lyrics. And so I lost all that um mid process and I was gonna go back the next week to record and this crazy thing happened and I didn't know if I could even get on an airplane right. to go back because I had no ID. And um, and I had no home. You know, all of a yeah. sudden it was. Uh, I, yeah, it was... All of a sudden I wasn't sure I even lived in New York anymore because right, I didn't right, right. have an address or anything. You know, and and um, and so it was such a strange experience. Um, and some of it really hard, and some of it absurd, and some of it comical. Yeah. You know, there's just there are so many parts to it, and I'd never really experienced any sort of trauma before, any sort of a Yeah. trauma you know i've experienced grief and all you know a lot of other things but this kind of particular event-based trauma um was really new i felt very Mm -hmm. different in my body in the weeks after that um but i woke up a few days after one of the first things i bought after the fire and after buying like a toothbrush and (laughs) contact lenses because i had my daily (laughs) the next morning i woke up and was like oh contacts i can't see (laughs) so i had to have someone lead me to the eye doctor and um but i um but i bought a notebook and a few days after the fire i'd been staying with friends i was given a hotel room but i was too afraid to be alone i just felt too scared to be alone and um so i was staying with friends and people were giving me things so i just like put the things people were giving me in the hotel room and stay with my friends and the last night i finally felt like okay, maybe I'm ready to be alone. And, and it was a strange feeling because I'm, you know, I'm someone that's normally delighted to be alone. Right. And, and so to, to not want to be alone was, um, was really quite a different experience for me. But I finally had this moment where I was like, no, I think, I think it'd be good to just be alone, have some space. And I woke up really early because um, I was waking up early and not being able to go back to sleep yeah. at the time. And, um, woke up really early and um, decided I would just write out as much as I could remember from each. You know, I had 12, there's like two B-sides in the 10 songs that are on the record. and just like wrote their title on each of the, yeah. each page of the notebook and just tried to write out exactly what I could remember of each song. And then as I went throughout my weeks, like another line would mm-hmm. float back into my head and um, and I like to think that I, rem- you know, I like to think the songs are better for having right. lost them. Like the good parts stayed in my memory right. and the the not worth remembering parts yeah, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. were gone. Um, 
And who knows how they, you know, they might have ended up being the exact same songs, right, or right. they could well, be, yeah, yeah, or they could tell. end up very different. And um, because they're, you know, they would have changed so much by the time I recorded those vocals in the summer. Um, they would have gone through a lot of changes anyway. Sure. So, sure. Um, but I do, I do labor so much over words that, it, that I did remember quite a bit um, that I had. So I. At least I think I did. <laughs> any any like new song come out of that experience? Is there any, anything on the record that um, addresses it? All the song, all the skeletons of the songs were in place at that yeah. point. Okay. Um, so nothing new. There's, yeah, there might be a few lines that I, just like little lyrics here and there that I mm -hmm. wrote. But I also didn't. You know, it's strange because it. I was had this like very specific thing I was trying to say in the record, and then yeah. this huge event happens, which is completely <laughs> different from which, the specific yeah, thing. And so yeah, and so it's and and I think part of me was like, oh, what was I going on about in this record, you know? And um, and so it was a little like, hard. oh, this this emotional, shit. yeah, it I mean, doesn't matter, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, there's real life stuff, <laughs> but um, but it was, I mean, it was good. I think eventually, kind of going, I did go back to Portland, and I did go into the studio that week and John Askew who engineered most of the record was so patient and just you know I, I was like you should find someone else to fill the days I'm yeah. in such a crazy state right now I'm still in shock and and he was like do you know what I'm not going to fill the days you can come in if it's two hours yeah. that's fine if it's if we want to work the whole day that's also fine and um, just come in and like we'll listen to the songs we'll see where we're at yeah. and and it was so good um, that he did that, and he pushed me to um, to come in because it was it was amazing to work on the record after that. It was so yeah. healing and grounding after going through trauma, and um, and so I don't know what I was about to say with that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think in the end, the you know I've just had these kind of giant life thing you know this big move and then the fire and the and this person i was in portland and this person i was in new york and this person i was before the fire and this person i was yeah. after the fire and i think the record for me ended up being this kind of thread that ran through all these changes and yeah. um and kind of connected them in my head and and so it ended up playing a really um important role and um, and it's hard to say, you know, what had the fire not happened, how different it would have been. It might have been sure. very close to the same right. record, but it, um, but it was something very grounding for me to kind of connect just this very topsy-turvy mm -hmm. <laughs> year I had um, and the year before and, yeah. and the time after. Cool. Well, I know you need to uh, get on the road here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll probably have to so, uh, hit it. So uh, thank you for coming down and Yeah, talking. thank you so much uh, for Thank you for me. making the record. It's fa it's it's just fucking fantastic. Thank you like, so much. It is. Thanks a lot. I look forward to uh, all your work in the future. I, I'm really excited. You mentioned a musical a few times. I, I really want to see that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, if, I just wrote songs, so it wasn't my play, um, but it's it was a wonderful that first experience was really wonderful it was for a nonprofit uh -huh. um that works with adults with developmental disabilities yeah um and and that was great i maybe maybe i'll record those songs at some point um 
or have the cast record them somehow. But I, um, yeah, I do want to do more in theater. It's fun being in New York because there's. If you can write, um, if you can write Bob and Robin into a play, just right. <laughs> the Bob and Robin show. Yeah. Oh man, they're those guys are great characters. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Lori. Thank you so much. What is love then but to drive a dead deer by its horns from the passing lane? Just to drive on, either to arrive or to escape, not to save someone. You belong to the cars come on. Thank you so much to Laura for, uh, for taking the time out of her. Her busy schedule. Uh, you know, this album has, has been getting a lot of, a lot of really great press, uh, deservedly so. And I think any of us who know her or have been fans of her music for a while, like nothing uh, more than to see her career uh, right now just sort of blow up. So she stays busy. Uh, that's that's the goal. That's what we, you know, if you're, if you're a creative person, that's what you want. Um, so, uh, you know, congratulations to her on the album. Congratulations to her on the uh, finishing the school and whatnot, and uh, can't wait to see what comes next. Um, speaking of next, uh, right now, you know, we have sort of a second little interview for you. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have Johnny back on the podcast here pretty soon once we uh, get our get our hands on this new album and, and dig into it. But uh, in the meantime, uh, it's a really cool story how how this came to be. So, so let's. Relax. It's not time to check out yet. Uh, here he goes. Uh, a, a quick little chat with uh, one Mr. Johnny Grave from right here in Washington, D.C. been a while it's been it has a while. It's been you, like it's been like what six months eight something months like that yeah yeah, yeah. Long time. yeah you've done a few uh pretty kick-ass events in the meantime but i wanted to have you down here because now you got an album out i do i do yeah. this is my this is a uh new album that i put together back in uh um in march and i'm just getting around to uh to releasing it now so how let me let me see if i get this straight yeah you go out on tour yeah which is we know we know touring is the road is fucking hard the road is fucking tough yeah rewarding but tough yeah yeah, yeah. and then somehow you find time to just stop somewhere and like knock out an album well look I mean you got you got a break for lunch you got you got a break to call your mom that's important yeah uh, you got to um, make sure you stop for gas but uh, but yeah you know stopping to record an album is also important I think that's sort of you know part of the process isn't 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 that what the no, that's not part of the process. I don't know. Do <laughs> I, I, I'm sort of. I mean, I was just amazed. I think was it, these were all one takes. Uh, they weren't. They weren't all. They weren't all. All first. They all. They're all done in in one take, but they weren't done in as first takes. So, um, they were. They were all live. So I, yeah. I, I wasn't going to stop a song in the middle of it and say, okay, we can go. You know, patch me back through, and I can fix that in post. Um, no, they were they're all live songs. I did have to, uh, to 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 stop a couple of them, and start over again. I don't think we got 
I don't think there's any third takes on the album. I think it's mostly okay. first and second takes. Hey, where'd you record them? Uh, this was recorded in about two hours at the um, <laughs> at a at a converted church in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, by a guy named Cedric uh, Cedric Williams. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he's a um, he's got a a studio called Quarter After Blue, and he's he's got a lot of cool gear. He's got a lot of cool stuff. He did sound for me at a venue called the Blue Canoe in Tupelo, and at the end of my set he mentioned that he he does sound at a spot up the road and i said that's cool then at at the end of the uh, at the end of the night he said well i think you should come on over tomorrow and record so i did i only had a i was playing in oxford mississippi the next night which is only about an hour away Mm -hmm. so i i you know, said yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, you understand and, what you're talking about. This is how like legends are born. Like, no, I mean it's it's it, it's cool, but it's not. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is this is it. It, it was. It's, it's like, and then I invited him over to my place. And it he, was. It's, it's it was just common sense. Yeah. You know, it, it's you know, and and the the space we recorded in was just beautiful. It's it's got you know thirty thirty five foot high ceilings, I think, and and the, the the pews are all still there. And so he he put me on on a on a stage, um, uh, where the altar used to be. Um, with my guitar going through a a 1961 brown face Fender Princeton, um, yeah. with the the built in tremolo. There's no need for reverb because the space has reverb. Yes. Um, in spades. So he put a he put a a mic on the on the amplifier's speaker. He put a a, a mic on my vocals. Uh-huh. Um, two condenser microphones on either side of the stage, pointed at the walls. And then one microphone down the aisle, all the way in the back, pointed at the ceiling, and you just get this amazing stereo image of the space. And I, I just, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, the single, the single way, like, sounds amazing. Thank you. Like, I mean, Thank it you. really does. It's, uh, it, it really just sets it, that sets the it sets the tone for for the the whole album. There's there's gonna be there's gonna be eight songs, including that one. Yep. Um, it's ex- it is exactly a half hour long. I was so proud. <laughs> And it's because I, I I I read all this all this noise about uh, the 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 perfect album, yeah, uh, being between between uh, twenty nine and thirty five minutes long. And, That's about right. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about like the the Japan Droids second album, yeah. Re- Revolver from the Beatles, mm-hmm. Pink Moon. Um, yeah, you know, all of those fall fall within the category. I, I don't I don't really you know take too much stock in that, but I just thought that was kind of fun that I get to be part of that club. Now they get to yeah yeah no, that's, no that's, for sure. That's, no, that's I kinda, mean because EPs cool. man are blo- you can have an EP and some people be like it's a seventy minute EP. It's like what the fuck are you? Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's not an EP with 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 two right. fifteen minute songs back to back. It's not no. Yeah no, it's a full album. Yes. And, and I think uh, Weezer did a lot of that as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Uh, making short albums, especially you know getting your message out quickly, concisely, and powerfully. And in a time frame that like you, somebody doesn't have to sit down and take like a chunk out of their day. But doing it doing it live, I think, is really important. I think that's yeah. I mean, or rather, sorry that that's important for me because that's that's how I that's how I play. Uh-huh. Um, I I don't I I don't have the opportunity to go back over and, and start something over again um, if I if I mess up while I'm playing live. Right. So. I think recording it that way stays for me. It stays truer to 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 my form and, and, and to, to what I do. There's um, you know, God. I while while I was on the road about uh, two days before I recorded, I we heard the news about uh, George Martin. Yeah, passing away, and that was that was such a such a shame. And I talked to I talked to my girlfriend Mary Mary Jo about this because um, she's she's a, a, a Beatles nut. She mm-hmm. she plays in a Beatles band. You know what what that what that guy did as far as you know, pardon the pun being instrumental in those in those recordings 
and and sort of defining that that Beatles sound. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of that, he was making that up on the fly. He was he he really mm-hmm. had no idea what he was doing. Um, but he he thoroughly changed the the recording industry by by, yeah. doing, by doing what he did. Yeah, completely. You know, by trusting his ear. Essentially, mm-hmm. he's just like, hey, "This sounds good. Let's try this." And um, and also tr- trusting trusting the the boys, trusting the trusting the Beatles to do what what they did. Might one of the points that, that Mary Jo made uh, that I thought was interesting was that she said he had every chance to tell those boys to straighten up and fly yep. right and put your tie back on and 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 stop doing drugs while you're recording and and just and just and 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 fly straight um and he didn't he just yeah. he, he let them go to india for a, a, a month-long retreat yeah he he didn't flinch when George Harrison brought a sitar back home and said, I want to, I want to play this next recording. Okay, yeah. sure. Let's see how we can work that in George. Good idea. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is definitely the, uh, the way to be now. Uh, you've got a show coming up. I got a show. Yep. And I've got, I've got, I've got many shows. I've got, I've got the uh, one most immediately though. Uh, well, the nice, the most immediate one is going to be at, at, at 7 PM tonight, which is in Chantilly, Virginia. But no, the, uh, no, yeah. um, that's, Sorry, it's a it's a force of habit. I, I I think of of my calendar like on a day to day basis. <laughs> no, the the most uh, uh, the, the the really big show that's coming up that I'm that I'm excited about is the uh, is the the release show at Mark's Cafe mm-hmm. for for this album, uh, broadcaster believer uh, revelator repeater, uh, and that's going to be at Mark's Cafe on June seventh. Uh, free to the public, all ages. Yep. Um, album's going to be there for pay what you like. Excellent. In a uh, in a not a CD format, in a in a, a, a paper format. Uh, so you just with, doing download codes? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to print physical media again for uh, for for an album. I'm not going to do CDs ever again, oh. um, or or vinyl. Um, it's not. It's it's cost prohibitive. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not good for the environment. Um, it's uh, it's. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd much rather give somebody. Something that they can still walk away from the show with, they yeah. can have in their hand like a, a tangible physical object, but, yeah, yeah. but not uh, something that to cram into a CD drive. Apple hasn't made a laptop with a CD drive in about five years, I don't think. So. No, some, somebody uh, somebody was streaming their album, and uh, you could only buy it like at a show or something. I was like, I'm not getting to a show, mm-hmm. and and I was like, and anyways, I don't have a CD player. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're like, well, it's we're not gonna. I'm like, oh, I can't give you money for it. I don't even understand what's going on. Oh, let me support you. Uh, no, that's very cool. I mean, so, so, but what if like uh, a small vocal group is like, I say, this is the album that like hits and they really want their vinyl copy because I'm, look, I'm a fan of this thing because it, it forces you to focus on the music. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, all the packaging is nice. We know it's nice. We're fans. Like yeah. That, I, but... yeah I, 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 I love, I love having, having, um, I used to, I used to, to really relish the moment of, of, of popping open that, the, uh, the, the brand new CD from Sam Goody uh-huh. and then pulling on that please or, or pull here tab which is complete sarcasm yeah. that was always like that was never a, a useful method yeah. of packaging um, and then and just flipping through these booklets and just like oh you know the the guys that that make the sounds that I like. That's what they look like. Oh, cool! This is not this, this is pre internet. Read the credits and you have no idea who any of these people are. They're no, like, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Josh Abramson produced this. Nice. No, <laughs> no idea who that is. That's right, not. Right. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. And yeah. uh, 
come back once I've had time to uh, digest the album. Oh, sure. I really just want to get people out to your show. Okay. And well, I'm going to be there on Tuesday. Uh, and uh, and, and you, I told you this last time. Do you, you, wanna, know, do you want to broadcast from the show? Do you want to do that? If, if I can figure it out by absolutely. then, I absolutely will. Uh, but you know I think you're, you're a treasure of this city. Oh. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm a hack. Thanks again for stopping by, John. Wade by one Johnny Grave uh, off of Broadcaster, Believer, Revelator, Repeater. Uh, his new album going to be out in uh, a few short days. Actually, if you listen to this on Monday, it'll be out on Tuesday, along with the release show. I will be there. I hope to see you there. Uh, also, you know, if if Laura is playing anywhere on the East Coast, uh, I probably won't see you there. But like we said before, go see her. Say hi. She's super friendly. 
Um, more importantly, buy her album, um, Empire Builder. Buy all her albums. Uh, buy all Johnny's albums. You know what? Just support music. Whether it's you're going out to see a live show, whether you're buying a record, or whether you're just downloading something off iTunes, uh, or uh, you know, I'll even put out there, even if you're just uh, paying for a streaming service, or, or like me paying for two streaming services. Uh, do what you can to support this stuff so people like uh, Laura and people like Johnny can uh, keep doing it. I mean, they'll do it anyways, but uh, it's nicer if they can do it and uh, sort of support themselves uh, with with their talents. Isn't that pretty much what all, we all want to do? Uh, that's our podcast for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes if you are not already. Uh, you can tell your friends to do that. You can also rate us if you have not already. You can uh, just give us a star or leave us a little comment. Uh, you can also, you know, as far as comments goes, there's always a comment thing powered by Discuss uh, right there in the post for these on our website, uh, which is chunkyglasses.com in case you didn't know that. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, <coughs> You can, um, you know, listen to us on Mixcloud. You can listen to us on Google Play. We're, we're everywhere. We're expanding. Uh, we're growing. That is, that is entirely uh, thanks to you. So uh, thank everybody listening right now for listening. And, and uh, if you're new to this, uh, thank you for, for tuning in. I hope you tune in next time. So uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Not sure what we're going to be talking about. Might be modern baseball. We'll see. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you later. No, <laughs> 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 <laughs>